Hello and welcome to the Betches Up Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Up Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about Kellyanne Conway. Whether or not you can call a racist president racist. And FaceApp's privacy policy. Wow, let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. You like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. <laughs> Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Hi, Brian. Hey, Elise. We haven't been in the studio together in a while. I know, it feels nice. I feel like every time we're back in the studio together, we're like, we haven't been together. You know, it's it's summer. It's summer. We're taking vacations. We now have a fourth person in our rotation with the lovely Amanda. Mm -hmm, We mm -hmm. can, we've been taking vacations like one, like, we're, we haven't coordinated our vacations, yeah. and that's on us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. For everyone um, at home, we are drinking a spiked seltzer. Yeah, we're having a little alcohol. It's later in the day. Yes. It's past 3.30 almost. Yes, we're actually recording this episode a day oh, right. early. Mm-hmm. It is Wednesday because the office is going on like a lovely retreat tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to be hanging out at a pool. Yeah. <laughs> so if something happens between Wednesday at 3 p.m. and when this comes out and you're like, why didn't they talk about that? It's because we didn't know <laughs> that it was going to happen. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's because we had no idea that mm. Trump was going to resign. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wouldn't what that a, be great? That would be great. Um, <laughs> Elise, what is getting you through this week in Trump's America? Okay. What is getting me through this week in Trump's America is, have you seen the new HBO true crime documentary, I Love You Now Die, Michelle Carter versus the Commonwealth? I have not, and I'm dying to hear about it. Okay. If you if you don't want to hear, like, like I guess true crime spoilers, I mean, you know, you can look up what I know what, what happens. happens. Yeah. Like, I know that her boyfriend died yes. because he, killed, he committed suicide, and she was like, you should kill yourself. Yes. So it's about that case skip ahead if you don't want to hear like anything about the documentary because you're planning to watch it but so part one is like this documentary left me more conflicted than any documentary has ever left me before like part one is the stuff that we kind of already know which Mm -hmm. is that like michelle carter was dating this boy conrad roy he killed himself and she told him quote unquote to do it and they he in a text to her friend later, she said that he got out of the car and she told him to get back in. And so the whole case was around like, would he, ha- is Michelle responsible for his death because she told him to get back into the car? And. Is he, he killed himself in a car? Yes. He, like in a garage? Um, It was in like a parking lot, but yeah, it was like a carbon monoxide okay. thing. Yeah. And she told him to get back in the car. And she told him to get back in the car. But then in part two, like, so after part one, I was like, well, yeah, she told him to get back in the car. She's, she's a very unwell person. Mm-hmm. Like Michelle Carter is not doing Great well. eyebrows. Fantastic eyebrows. Yeah, that's and one, thing and one of the sad things about this is she could have been a model. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she is gorgeous. Um, but she is, she's bad. <laughs> she, she's very bad. Um, but then in the second part, they kind of start detailing like this whole, like they, these two people, like. It kind of at the end of it, I kind of got this feeling that like these are two people with serious mental health issues who got involved in this very intense texting relationship. Michelle in particular, I mean, it it seems like a pathological liar. Mm -hmm. And there actually is no text showing that she actually said that. 
She just told a friend later that she told him to get back in the car. But Michelle Carter has also... You start to realize she's kind of like delusional mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And she says a lot of things to make herself seem more important than she actually is. So it kind of it makes sense in her personality that she would have said that to a friend just to like heighten the drama yeah. of the entire situation. And like it was weird because their defense like or not the defense, the prosecution's case against her is like she's this crazy liar. She's manipulative, all this stuff. But then this one thing that she said is definitely true, even though we don't have like evidence for it. So that was weird. I left just feeling like I had no idea how I felt about the case. I thought the documentary was so good. Oh, so what was the Glee thing? Oh, right. I told you. Yeah, you were there's, like, there's something that with Glee that I can't tell you. I told Brian earlier that like there's something about Glee. So you find out in the second part of the documentary that Michelle Carter is obsessed with the show Glee and Leah Michelle, and that she basically wanted to create kind of like a Corey Monteith situation uh, for herself. Yeah. And like was kind of obsessed with like the drama of having a dead boyfriend and that she like, she would text things to her friends that were like about Conrad Roy, the boy who died. Mm-hmm. She would say things that were actually word for word quotes from Leah Michelle on the show or cra- even crazier, there were quotes from Leah Michelle in interviews around. So it wasn't just quotes from Glee. It was like she was obsessively watching Leah Michelle interviews and she was repe- she was repeating back not only things that her character said on Glee when her boyfriend on Glee died, but things the real Leah Michelle was saying about Corey Monteith after he died. And she was like, oh, she was kind of obsessed with this romantic, weird, crazy idea of like your boyfriend dying and then everyone needing to like pay attention to you. What an odd person to be obsessed with. Yeah. And so I'm just curious how it feels odd to me that you can be charged with whatever she's being charged with. That also for feels, telling someone to do something that, yes. and then they do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like they didn't have to do it. That's the real, that's the real thing. And they're like, well, would you have done it without her? And at first in the first half, I'm like, I was like, maybe no. But in the second half, you find out that actually he'd made a couple attempts before and he'd made mm. a lot of videos that he had posted online about, being suicidal and depressed and all of this stuff. And like, he had actually been doing like a lot of research in his like browser history about like how to do this, Oh, which is like, so, so I mean, it's, it's so sad, but like, but was she charged in the end? Yes. And she was going, found guilty and she's going to prison. She is. So there's a whole thing at the end where the judge basically convicts her, but then he does this weird, I don't really know how to explain it, but he does this weird legal remover maneuver that lets her off put going to jail while her appeal is in place and she could only and if it if it continued past like 2022 or something she would just never have to go to jail so it was kind of like he did this thing where she was convicted and found guilty but she didn't have to go to jail because of this weird Mm -hmm. like legal thing but then her appeal actually gets denied so she is in prison for 15 months and that's all she got 15 months yeah it was like she was charged with i think over two years but then she got like time served and then okay. there was this weird time before she found out about her appeal so now she's in jail for 15 months I won't, Yeah. so part of me is like well 15 months isn't crazy but I'm also not sure if I think she should have gone to jail at all I kind of at the end felt like her punishment was paid just by like how insane the like her life and the is media ruined. exposure is insane yeah she's not gonna be able to do anything she can't be a model <laughs> She can't be a model. I mean, the prison guy, the hot prison guy, mugshot guy is a model. That is true. But I feel like Michelle Carter. Yeah. (laughs) I think the hot prison guy, I feel like he's not evil. No. And Michelle Carter might 
be evil. I'm just not sure if what she did is actually like a criminal crime that you can go to jail for. I wonder if she was secretly obsessed with Orange is the New Black. Maybe. Now she's even happier than she ever was. She sent like thousands of text messages and they just like read all of them and they were really crazy. And her her and this boy were talking to each other constantly. That is bizarre. It was. Speaking of. Dead boyfriends. I yes. am, I, this is a, such a t- off off topic <laughs> tangent. Yes. But this just happened when we were in. So I was just in Spain with yes. Antonio and we were in um, the north of Saint and we were in San Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And the story is like, I don't know if it's important, but it's just a personal anecdote that happened. Yes. And I, I love feel it. Like I love a personal it. anecdote. Um, so we were we were eating these things called pinchos, which is basically tapas. Mm-hmm. I think it's pinchos, pinchas, yeah. whatever. And so it's just like little plates of food. And I'm convinced that my boyfriend Antonio has like some like small attention problem <laughs> because he will like be, he's like one of those people that's like, hey, what do you want to do? And he'll be like, I'll do um, and then just stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like. We were eating and he were eating these like steak and he was having conversation. He was also sending a text message and he was eating at the same time. And so we're in public on the street, like in this beautiful city and there's people all around us. And all of a sudden Antonio starts like (coughs) coughing Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at him and I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, "Mm -mm." and he takes a sip of beer, tries to take a sip of beer. It just comes out of his mouth. Oh no. And I'm like, are you, are you choking? And he's like, and he like nods. And I'm like, are you kidding? And he, his eyes start to like bulge. No. And he's like, no, no, I'm not kidding. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And we were with one of his Spanish friends. Uh, and she's like, she's like, she doesn't know what to do. So I immediately get behind him and I start like doing the, doing, yeah. the tr- doing my version of the Heimlich maneuver, yeah. which is not correct yeah. because I don't know how to do the Heimlich maneuver. Exactly. And nothing was happening. He was still choking and I start, I stop and I'm like, are you, are, did you get it? And he's like, and he shakes his head. No. Cause he starts shoving his hand down his throat. Meanwhile, people are on the street, like staring at us, like in a crowd. And then I see these other two people like talking. She's like, should I do it? Do you want to do it? And I start just like smacking his back. Mm-hmm. Still nothing. And then she's like, and then I'm like, do you know what to do? And I look <laughs> like, I like look around. And so this woman comes up and she just two, two things. Oh my God. comes out. Antonio could not breathe at all. And she's like, oh, I'm a doctor. I was just wasn't sure if that like I'd be strong. I was like, bitch. <laughs> come then, immediately. Come over and then, here. And then another doctor came over. And he's like, oh, I, w- I thought he was kidding, too. And I was like, what is wrong with you what? people? <laughs> oh, my God. So he almost died. I almost had a dead boyfriend. And then I was like, what That's would I so scary. What would I have done in the north? I was in the north of Spain with my dead. What would I have done with my dead boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there would have been. Let's just say if Antonio had died, there would have been a lot of problems immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been immediately a huge problem. It would have been, yeah, it would have been terrible. It, the whole thing, like at least now I know that I would re how I would react yeah. in a bad situation. Yeah. Like I went like full straight. You did. I'm going to perform the Heimlich maneuver and yes. do it. And so I didn't do it correctly. I need to figure that out. <laughs> so I know how I will react, but it was just really, really scary. <laughs> Yeah, that is crazy. My mom has successfully done the Heimlich maneuver on someone once in a restaurant. Really? Yeah. Got so they got it to pop out of their throat. I was not successful. <laughs> well, at least we know it works. Yeah, it did the work. Heimlich, Heimlich maneuver is real and it works if you know how to do but, it. And we, what were the odds we'd be, we'd be staying next to two doctors? Thank, Thank God. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because this would be a whole different podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Right now. It, we would be like, Brian, you didn't have to come in today and do the podcast. <laughs> like, it's OK. You can take like a couple weeks if you yeah. need time. He's fine. And we enjoyed the rest of our trip. Great. Sorry. 
Speaking of enjoying time, Brian, yes. what's been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Um, Kellyanne Conway just being her bizarre self. <laughs> um, she has not yet pur- purchased a hairbrush. No. Um, so this week, you know, there's been this crazy shit about Trump's racist tweets, which we'll talk about more even later. Um, so Kellyanne Conway gave this sort of press briefing where a reporter asked her a question and she responded um, thus. We have a clip. He should be talking about it. Following up on, on the previous question, if the president was not telling uh, these uh, these four congresswomen to return to their supposed countries of origin, to which countries was he referring? Which ethnicity? He said go home. Why is that relevant? Yeah. No, no, because I'm asking a question. My ancestors are from Ireland and Italy. My own ethnicity is not relevant to the question I'm asking. No, no, it is, because you're asking about, he said originally. He said originally from. I am asking And you know everything he has said since, and to have a full conversation. So are you saying that the president is telling the Palestinian... The president's already commented on that. The the president's already commented on that, and he said a lot about this since since that one tweet. No, he he he's put out a lot of tweets, and he made himself available to all of you yesterday. Yes, he has. He's tired. A lot of us are sick and tired of this country, of America coming last, to people who swore an oath of office, sick and tired of our military being denigrated, sick and tired of the Customs and Border Patrol people, the uh, protection people I was with, who are overwhelmingly Hispanic, by the way, in McAllen, Texas, sick and tired of them being, no, you don't understand, because you didn't go, being criticized, being doxxed. She's, uh, she then went on to say, we're sick and tired of this country. Um, The reporter who asked was Andrew Feinberg from Beltway Breakfast. He is Jewish, so that just makes that all the more odd. Um, I feel like... I just feel like Kellyanne Conway's strategy is always they they bring her they bring her out in a limited way now and yeah. I feel like it's just because they know she's going to go out there she's going to say something crazy yeah. and it's going to take the heat off the president for a little bit because now she has this reporter what's your ethnicity everyone's talking about that and it's like for a little while we're not paying attention to the root of that question which is that the president told four women of color in Congress US citizens to go back to where they came from um exactly and she we're we're getting steps away from people being like where are your papers yes. you know what i mean and it's like prove prove to me oh i don't believe you it's like you know it we it started with birtherism and it's continuing into now and there's they're controlling the narrative with saying these incendiary comments because you know like you said before a week ago we were talking about the children in cages who yes. are still by the way in cages yes and but however now because we were calling those actions racist, which they are. And then Donald Trump says a racist thing. We are talking about Donald Trump's racist tweets. And now we're talking about Kellyanne Conway asking a reporter what your ethnicity is. Yes. Which is just something that does not need to be. And what's also interesting is on the flip side of this is that George Conway, her husband, released this op-ed in the Washington Post. Basically, and the title is Trump is a racist president. He basically goes on to explain within that he there's he he's he he had justified Trump's racist comments by saying that he is ill-informed, he is an idiot, he just says things off the cuff. He doesn't know what he's saying and there's no like deliberate strategy behind it. 
However, now he feels the opposite. Um, and so it's just interesting that these two people are married. <laughs> I know. What goes on at their house? Well, I have no idea. I am so confused. I don't know if this is a weird stunt. I don't know if... Like, I feel like what it proves is that neither of them can actually be that, like, holding on to their convictions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they can't actually feel this strongly about any of the shit that they're saying. If they can go home mm -hmm. to their spouse who represents the opposing viewpoint that both of them attack pretty viciously. Obviously, I agree with George Conway more than I yeah. agree with Kellyanne. But, like, both of them attack the other side super hard and then they go home and like they don't i wonder if it's a way it? for them to feel like comfort like to be like like one of those people that are so like contrarian and it's like it's like so yes it's like oh i agree with your side but i also agree with this side so like 10 years from now they can be like you know i really was supporting my husband behind closed doors or it's like oh you know i really was supporting my wife behind closed doors yeah like, i don't know what's going is on is it there. a way for them to play both sides yeah. or something it, it just seems odd and i like it I, I don't understand how it's the case because obviously like people who are on different sides of the political spectrum get married all the time yeah but they're not like mouthpiece like they're not in government mouthpieces yeah. for opposing political sides and when like like literally he's calling the president racist and she's going out and like saying that he's not it's it's yeah. just it's bizarre it's bizarre it's also bizarre because it's like i i we're, this is a, we're basically bleeding into our main news but what is so bizarre is that we are having the same discussion and debate like we're not having it no. but as a culture and a society we're having the same fucking discussions of whether or not the president is a racist over and over again. If we are, if we have to have this conversation more than once, even if you've happened once, the person is probably racist. Yeah. Like it's but, what other president Democrat or Republican has, they have, has it been a constant stream of new information about their racism? And like to say that, to call this person racist is like for the right to like, be like, how dare you? It's like, you motherfuckers called Barack Obama racist all the time towards yes. white people. Like, which yes. is just hilarious. I mean, yes. So it's just like... And Obama gave one speech about race ever. And then, like, I think was very... Uh, not, like, muted on the subject, but he didn't talk about it explicitly often because he knew, as a black president, how polarizing that would be. So it's just very funny to me that they would be like, he's a race-baiting president. And I'm like, no, you just feel race-baited by seeing a black person. Yeah. Like, you, you think that it is racist for him to be black. Like, that is what's happening. But it's, it's truly... It makes no sense. And also, Kellyanne in that clip is like, he was saying, he said, go back to where you're originally from, which one, no, he didn't. The tweet no. exists. You can see it. Two, what do you even mean by that? Four of these five women were born in the United States. So is he telling... Three of four. Three of four. Yeah. Sorry. And so is he telling AOC to go back to the Bronx? Like, what does it he mean? It makes... It literally makes no sense. But also, it, it's part of... It's it's a part of a whole plan. We'll get into it. Should we talk about what the ho the house did? Yes. Okay. So for the main news for today, our first subject, uh, the house voted to condemn the tweets that we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, 
in a fiery hearing. Mm -hmm. Last night, the House of Representatives voted on a resolution to condemn the president's tweets. Nancy Pelosi had called for the vote early yesterday morning. It passed pretty much along party lines. It was Mm -hmm. 240 to 187. All the Democrats voted for it. Four Republicans also voted for it. And Justin Amash, who is now an independent, who was a re- who was a, was Republican, a Republican until recent, very recently, yes, and is an independent now. He's the one Republican uh, Congress, I think, I think politician to call for his impeachment. Yes, and um, so there was like this crazy. Basically, the way that the Republicans in the House tried to spin this, so that they wouldn't, they could avoid like. Seeming like they supported the statement. Well, so well, the, yes. it, it was the way that Nancy Pelosi announced what yes. the bill or condemned, like to announce the condemnation, the resolution to condemn him. Mm-hmm. She said, "We are bringing a resolution to condemn hit the president's racist tweets," and the word "racist" is what set them off. Yes, because apparently there is an old ass House rule drafted by like literally Thomas Jefferson. Literally, literally Thomas Jefferson came up with this rule and it is called the rule of decorum. And it basically means that you can't impugn the motives of like your fellow congressperson or the president. Like you can't you can say something that they did was wrong, but you can't say anything about their motivations. Mm -hmm. So like. Basically, this references to racial or other discrimination on the part of the president are not in order is apparently a part of this, which is crazy because it's like so you can be racist, but you can't call it racist. Yeah, I don't really understand that. But, you know, it's an old ass rule when literally Congress was a bunch of old white guys, all of whom were like rich and all of them had were like kind yeah. of friends on the side. And they were all racist. Yeah. And they were all racist and they like literally they owned slaves and they were just like, OK, well, we're just not going to talk about that. And like, yeah, among bros, like we have to keep it cool. And yeah. like, that's what this is. So instead of actually discussing whether the president's statements were indeed racist, Republicans then spent a lot of the time really against the use of the word racism. Um, the GOP members were unable to strike her words from the record. Uh, but and then they did pass the condemnation. Yes. But, but it's just yeah. it's, it's a little it was like a little interesting piece of political maneuvering, which mm-hmm. like the GOP and politicians in general are really good at doing because they didn't want to have to address what Trump said as yeah. racist because they don't want to fuck with their base and they don't want they don't want to go against the president because the people who vote for them like the president. Well, that's why I'm wondering, like, why doesn't he just say I am racist? I just I, you know what I mean? It's, At a certain point, it's like, I bet you could just say that you are to a po- I think that's I think that's like one of the next steps. Yes. He's just gonna be like, you know what? I just don't like black people. Yeah, he's literally going to be like, so when did racist become a bad word? Yeah, when did, when when did, did it, be, when is it bad when to it be racist? When did it become bad for me to be proud to be white? And I'm just I, like, yeah. he's just like, I'm sorry, you're against white power? And I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God. That is literally, I feel like we are getting to that point. <laughs> yes. Like what, and, and then it's going to be like, okay, now, now that we all know this is happening, can we just please acknowledge that yes, this is happening and you guys just don't care that he's racist? What's interesting about this rebuke is that this is the first time the House has rebuked a president in more than 100 years, which is insane. Yeah. Um, it also, I think it also happened when that, remember when um, President Obama was giving that speech in the House chamber? Yes. It's that Republican congressman like, you lied. Yes. <laughs> I yelled, you lie at Obama. <laughs> and what, was like, he, uh, what was he yelling about? I, I used to know. It's something kind of like, it, like it's, a, it's an issue that you would be like, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a really big deal at yeah. the time. I can Google it while we yeah. talk about something. He, I can't remember why he yelled, you lie, but that was a big deal. Yeah. He got rebuked. Yeah. But he's not the president. No. But that was the last time someone's been rebuked. Yes. Wasn't Steve King rebuked? Um. Oh, for the, <laughs> like, the white... Yeah, didn't he get rebuked? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, I can't keep track of all these people who are. Oh, being it was rebuked. about illeg- illegal immigrants. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, he, wasn't it about them being given he, healthcare? He said he wanted to create reforms, and he says the reforms I'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegally. Which is interesting because in the first presidential debate. All of the Democratic candidates raised their hands to say that they would include health benefits for people who are here illegally. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to see how much the tide has changed, where at that point, Obama had to be like, no, we're not going to do that to try to get his bill passed. And now every single Democratic candidate is like, no, we're definitely going to do that. Yeah. so So that's interesting. Mitch McConnell also gave like a press conference afterwards, and uh, he was outside the House. Um right after they had chosen to denounce the statements, uh, Mitch McConnell was asked a bunch of questions. He was asked about, he's married to Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao, yes. um, who came to the U.S. as an immigrant from China when she was eight years old. Mm-hmm. And so someone asked Mitch McConnell how he feels about, it, how he would feel if the president told her to go back to where she came from. And this is the clip. Wouldn't you consider that a racist attack? Well, the Secretary of Transportation came here at age eight legally, not speaking a word of English, and has realized the American dream. And I think all of us think that uh, this is a process of renewal that's gone on in this country uh, for a very long time, and it's good for America, and we ought to continue it. But what if it was it racist for him to say go back? Was it racist for him to say go back to your country? As I said, uh, the, the, the legal immigration has been a fulfilling of the American dream. The new people who come here have a lot of ambition, a lot of energy, tend to do very well and invigorate our country. And my wife's a good example of that. Then why does he do more to help the people who are coming to this country? Also, does all of that stuff not apply to Ilhan Omar? Like she came here when she, I don't remember when she came here. I know she became a citizen when she was 17. Mm -hmm. Learned, I don't know what her level of English she came here with, but she clearly speaks perfect English now. Uh, She's achieved the American dream, so doesn't all that stuff apply to Ilhan Omar? That's my question. No, see, Ilhan Omar said something really interesting lately, uh, recently. I'm going to botch her exact quote because I'm just doing it from memory. She was talking and she was saying, I came to the house to Washington to be and because I'm equal to these people mm-hmm. and they don't treat me equally. How did they and they're they're shocked that I'm trying to be treated equally. It's like, how did you expect me to want to be treated? Yeah, exactly. Because like, they can't fathom this woman of color who is happens to also be Muslim. It's just so crazy for these old white men to and fathom. They're young mm-hmm. is the other thing. Like, I think. I think that there's um, a, an element of this that all four of these women, you know, AOC is the youngest member, but all four of them are relatively young yeah. women. And I think they represent the future so much to these people, like four brown women who are asserting their rights and are super progressive and all that stuff. It scares them because it's literally a representation of the demographic change mm-hmm. that they're so afraid of happening. Mm-hmm. So it like part of that scares them because also they see that they're like AOC 
is going to be in politics for a long fucking time. Yeah. She's 29. Mm-hmm. Like she is going to be here yeah. for a while. Yeah. And that is scary to them. And I she's think. in a very blue district. And yeah, she's, to, she's not going to lose her seat. I know someone, a, a woman announced today that she's running as a Republican against AOC. And it's like, okay, yeah, you can do that if you want. Good and God sister. bless. Yeah. yeah. God bless. People should run for office if they want to run for office, especially women, even if you're a Republican woman, but like, she's not going to unseat AOC. Who's yeah. so famous yeah. and like has brought so much to that district. Like, yeah. So they're also, t- we're also talking, want to pay attention to, you know, what are the effects of Trump's tweets and his race baiting basically? Yeah. Um, his approval rating among Republicans is up 5% since he made his racist remarks. Because they love that shit. Because they love the like, that's what they like is like, yeah, he's he's just saying what we all wanted to say. I've been yeah. wanting to tell Ilhan Omar to go back yeah. like, for the whole time, you know? Well, that's the other thing is, you know, people of color are talking about uh, like just normal citizens, regular citizens are talking about the fact that like, they all feel like they've been told this before. Go back. Like, like yes. Kamala Harris was giving this speech and she was like, I had been told to go back to where I came from. And then she looks at the crowd and like these, when people, these people are agreeing with her and she's like, so everyone raise your hand and so many people raise their hand. It's yes. just, it's, it's such, it happens all the time. You know, what's another element of this that I feel like we haven't even, I haven't heard talked about. So AOC's mom is from Puerto Rico. So if she were to go back to where she's originally from, she'd still be in the United States <laughs> because Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Mm-hmm. So she, he's telling her to go back. For AOC, it's like literally go back to America. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's, also, yeah. Ayanna Presley is just like an African-American woman. Like, I know. What are you talking <gasps> about? Go back to where? I know. It doesn't make... I mean, it's there's no sense to be made because it doesn't make any sense. Yes. And it's... Because according to Axios, race baiting is part of his 2020 strategy. In 2016, Trump won. 2016, obviously he won. (laughs) He won the white vote by 20 plus points. And he's continued to court the voters who aren't bothered by these comments, primarily white evangelicals, which is fucking hypocritical. Um, he's (sighs) He's hoping that he can crank their turnout even higher, especially among older white evangelicals. And going after Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is completely intentional because she's like we were saying she represents this demographic change that they're all afraid of yes she is a young woman she is what she calls herself a democratic socialist yes and she's hispanic and And she's a really polarizing figure for like in you know in this in our liberal new york bubble that we're in and in as in our coastal elite blue state blah 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 she's beloved by basically everyone but other, you know, I talked to members of my family. Even my dad has been like, I don't know. She seems pretty radical and stuff like that. My dad's like a Democrat. And I think the media has done a really good job of even I'm not even talking about just Fox News. I'm talking about the media in general has done mm-hmm. a really good job of turning her into this really polarizing figure that now the Republicans can use as like because even if we pick, you know, a Joe Biden or whatever, to who's like, quote unquote, the safe middle ground choice, blah, blah, blah. Even if we were to pick him and he's the nominee, they could still point to AOC and be mm-hmm. like, look how radical the Democrats are. Yeah. If, despite her being one one ju- freshman congresswoman yes. from New York. New York. She, a junior congresswoman. Literally, like, she has power, obviously. She has a lot of, like, will, like power, too, within the Democratic Party because people, a lot of Democrats actually really do like her. Yes. So she has that, like, power, but she to actually legislate change, 
she's just like a small piece of a puzzle. Yes. Um, but Trump, I mean, look, we saw it in 2016. He knows how to speak to this subsect of the population. His approval rating is at 41% right now. Eric Trump did say earlier today that it's at 97%, which is a little bit off. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Eric Trump's never been a mathman. Yeah. <laughs> he's, no. uh, he's never had to be. He's never had, he doesn't have to. He's clear, just the CEO of a company. And it's clear that he is like, you, this is going to be what he's using to win in 2020. He is yes. going to play identity politics because a lot of the time when Democrats play identity politics, we, we lose because, you know, even though it is right, obviously mm-hmm. to not say racist things, a lot of people say racist things like we're saying. And so it's like, once they make it about that, like he's like, like the whole Kamala Harris birtherism yeah. with Don- Donald Trump Jr. retweeting that thing about her. It's like, we, we are now getting a taste of what the 2020 presidential election is going to be like. It is going to be race baiting. We saw it yes. in 2018 with the with him touting this migrant caravan coming like which now gets no fucking news coverage yeah, where was it? Where was that migrant caravan? What about the where caravan? where are all those diseases that were coming? Yeah. Um, full, of, full of Al-Qaeda members the yeah. caravan. Also just saying like and then Lindsey Graham goes on fucking Fox News and is like saying like they're communists, they're pro Al-Qaeda. Oh, yeah, it's that's like, been another really nasty thing is that they keep being like Ilhan Omar hasn't denounced Al-Qaeda. I'm like, what? What is wrong with you? It's so crazy. Ilhan Omar, I I feel strongly that she denounces Al-Qaeda. Like, and no matter how many times these women say they love this country and that they ran for Congress because they love this country, people are going to still say they hate this country. Exactly, because they're they're brown while they're saying it. Yeah. And that's what's happening. It doesn't matter what comes out of their mouth. It doesn't matter what Ilhan Omar says. If she goes on television and is like, I denounce Al-Qaeda. As long as she's wearing a hijab, they don't mm-hmm. give two shits. They don't care. Yeah. Like, the, it's, it's really fucked. And another thing that's scary that you pointed out to me from our lovely outline that was prepared for us today is that Trump has spent three times more than all the Democratic contenders combined on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and this is a mixture of message testing on immigration lines that are trying to appeal to Hispanics as well, which is interesting. Who apparently seem more susceptible to his worldview. Um, there's a section of the Hispanic electorate who went through the lengthy citizen pro- process and are sympathetic to Trump's views on illegal immigration. Yes, because it's this idea of like, well, I did it. Mm-hmm. I went through it. It's probably a lot. I, my guess would be it's a lot of like hispanic people who are maybe like third or fourth generation hispanic people or from like kind of wealthier yeah a wealthier whiter population that's maybe been here for a long time i mean cubans vote republican and i think that's one of their lines that's a line that i've heard a lot with my cuban family is like well we did it like we came here i'm curious to know like who was, what was the administration like then? You know, it's well, like, yeah, had, had your family come now, would the situation be the same? And that's something, I mean, I can only speak what I know about the Cuban community, but like, if you, they were coming in the first wave, like right after Fidel and stuff, there was actually a policy under Kennedy called wet foot, dry foot, where if you got here, there were kind of, it, and you were 
from Cuba because you were fleeing communism and we were like, we wanted people to be fleeing communism, mm-hmm. obviously. There were, it was like easier for you to become a citizen, basically. Yeah. Like if you made it onto American soil, you could begin the process. Yeah. So it's kind of hypocritical for them to benefit from this like more humane immigration policy and then advocate for a completely inhumane immigration policy that has no bearing on what, then be like, why can't you do what I did? And it's like, because it's illegal to do what you did. Yeah. Like you, they, they can't. And you couldn't do what you did now. Yeah. But whatever. Did you see the um, Joe um, Joe Biden interview with Mika Brzezinski for Morning Joe? I did not. So she asks him basically like, Kamala Harris beat you up. What are you going to do? Kamala what? Harris smacked you around in front of everybody. What are you going to do when Trump comes after you? And oh. he's going to be like, come here, come here. Let's do some push-ups. Let's go on a jog. I'm like, really, man? <laughs> like, yeah, he said that if Trump makes fun of his age, he would challenge him state. or mental state. He would challenge him to a push-up and, and Seth Meyers was like, maybe if someone asks you about your mental state, don't challenge them to a push-up. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, hey, man, you seem crazy. And you're like, really? You want to do 100 push-ups <laughs> right now? It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, yeah. Where do you think you are? Sir, yeah. we're on the debate stage. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that it's interesting. I mean, Trump making racist comments is consequential, but we also do have to keep in mind that the racist things that he says suck and they're horrible. But what's more important is the racist things that he does. And we can't lose sight of the shit that's happening on the border because he's tweeting a bunch of garbage. Yeah. Because while we're paying attention, he's tweeting the garbage and doing the stuff on the border. But we as a society are really only able to pay attention to one. Yeah. He's also trying to distract from the fact that he has basically been unable to accomplish Anything. any of the thing of major things he set out to do except for the tax bill. Yeah. Um, well, because he always just pretends he's still doing it. Yeah. He's like, there is a wall on the southern border. And we're yeah. like, what? And he's like, no, it's there. It's made of the same equipment as Wonder Woman's airplane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a beautiful wall. Who the heck says comfy can't be work appropriate? Not me. This episode of Betch Us Up Podcast is brought to you by Beta Brand. Beta Brand. Beta Brand, Beta Brand, Beta Brand. Beta Brand wants you to look and feel good even at the office. They offer dress pants that are made of yoga pant <laughs> material. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Dress pants. Mm-hmm. Wear them to work. Mm-hmm. Made of yoga pant material. And I'm seeing here that they have pockets for ladies. Yes, they do have pockets i don't why are yeah ladies have been shortchanged ladies have been shortchanged on the pockets sometimes you'll buy pants they've got a fake pockets i'm like just put in a regular pocket (laughs) but beta brand does have a regular pocket okay they've got boot cut straight leg skinny cropped and other styles in standard colors like black navy gray and khaki i actually i will say that i just ordered my first pair of beta brand pants and i got the gingham Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Gingham style. I <laughs> Gingham style. I'm excited. I've never had gingham pants, but they have a great... I was nervous. I have a hard time buying pants. They've got a great size guide on the site. I mm-hmm. feel extremely confident mm-hmm. in the medium that I purchased. And all the ladies here at the office come in in a lot of comfortable yoga pants. Yeah. And now when we have meetings, they're all just going to come in their beta brand 
yoga pant dress pants yes and no one people will think that you're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but in fact you are comfortable oh my god no more swamp ass (laughs) no more swamp ass with beta brand beta brand is an online fashion retailer beta brand is an online fashion retailer and crowdfunding platform for fashion which means they welcome feedback and they bring crowdsourced ideas straight to the design room so probably a bunch of ladies were like we want comfy pants with pockets and beta brand was like we got you (laughs) (laughs) okay great and that's why i started wearing beta brands dress pant yoga pants so you can visit betabrand.com slash sup to get 20 percent off yours millions of women agree that these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work that's betabrand.com b-e-t-a-b-r-a-n-d.com slash sup S-U-P, to get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. That's betabrand.com slash sup to get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. You're going to be so comfy. Um, all right. Should we move on to one more thing? Yes. We got to talk about the face app. I know. So face app, you guys have, obvi- if you're on Instagram, which I'm sure you are because you listen to this podcast. And, and if you're following me on Instagram at Pandalise. Or Brian Russell. And I mean, I don't have it, but you can just follow me. And Brian I posted Russell. a face app. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, making so. more sense. I thought, we were, I thought we were just plugging yourself. But, but listen, <laughs> I think we should plug ourselves more often. That's P-A-N-D-A-L-I-S-E <laughs> on Instagram. But I did post a face that app. That is Brian with a Y. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you all know, because some of you you um, spell it with an I sometimes, which is fine. I get it. Um, but why is better? Uh, anyways, <laughs> so face app, it's basically everyone has been using it to make themselves look old or young or whatever. The young doesn't work as well for me. Mm-hmm. I will say that sometimes the young doesn't work. But what I do love is that you can add teeth to people. And oh, that that is interesting. Is insane. Yeah. And it always looks crazy. But I can't um, use the app anymore because Brian told yeah. the people. So... <laughs> They have a pretty shady privacy policy. So the policy states that it collects location information and information about users' browsing history. Um, They went on to quote to say that these tools collect information sent by your device to our service, including the web pages you visit, add-ons, and other information that assists us in approving the service. Right. Because they need to know that I bought a jade roller Mm -hmm. for Prime Day. (laughs) Like, if I'm going to make my face look old, I need to tell them that. Yeah, and then it goes on to say that we will not rent or sell your information to third parties outside FaceApp, um, but then it says it does share information with third-party advertising. However, then it goes on in the terms and conditions to state that they have the right to modify, reproduce, and publish any of the images you process through its AI. So this is really crazy because obviously this app went viral. Everyone started working on it. It's actually, so the app is actually owned by a Russian company. Uh, So it's called Wireless Labs. It's got kind of like Cambridge Analytica vibes going on. So so basically they are collecting your face for AI recognition and other services. They're, They're taking your web browser information and your location information and sending it to Russia. To do what? What I wonder. What? And everyone's. What someone, someone asked me today, is it bad to assume that if things are going to Russia, that it's inherently bad? No. Because Russia is not a democratic country. Yeah. Every, it is a, you know, kleptocratic, oligarch, totalitarian government that system. has been working to enact cyber attacks 
using social media platforms. So it's not like like associating with a Russian like an ethnically Russian person is yeah. that it's that anything that is going to a Russian company is therefore going to the Russian government. Exactly. It is one in the same. That ha- and the Russian government has a history as we all know yeah. of using social media apps to further their political agenda and the information yeah. that they collect from them to further their political agenda. The Russians have our number by the way. So good. They were like, yeah, we'll do it via memes and then we'll create an app that lets them see how they're going to look when they're old and they'll all download it, no questions yeah. asked, and then post it for likes. I not only posted mine, I was uh, I was promoting my live comedy show in New York, The Rest of Your 15-Year-Old Self, which is August 7th at 8 p.m. at Union Hall um, <laughs> in Brooklyn, if anyone wants to go, link in bio. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Pandalese. At Pandalese, that's P-A-N-D-A-L-I-S-E. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like doing a show promo and I thought it would be funny to put all the like run all the comedians who are on my show through the app and do their like young face. Mm -hmm. And I also added teeth. Yeah. And and now I like I gave all of their facial information to the Russians, too. Oops. Well, (laughs) and like so like even to get a business, you have to get it applied by the Russian government there. And so and also what this also makes me nervous about is you've heard of deep fakes, right? Yes. So deep fakes is basically when you alter a video to create something that is not real. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so like there's the, remember that video of Nancy Pelosi um, that they slowed down her speech to that, make it look yeah. like she was like, and then there's this video of Mark Zuckerberg, which is not Mark Zuckerberg, which is basically they were able to like, you know how, when you, Look like when you look at your Snapchat filters or Instagram filters and they put like a crown on you or some bullshit or mm-hmm. ears, they are able to put faces on people. Yes. And then find a voice that sounds somewhat similar and say whatever. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's really scary going into like not just the 2020 election, but all future elections and just politics in general mm. that, you know, you see fake news spread all the time. That's like a fake article. But now people can make a fake video and someone who is not media savvy or isn't super media savvy Mm -hmm. can see literally a video of Barack Obama saying kill all white people or whatever, you know, that they would make. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's one that they would definitely make. I will not be surprised when I see it. Yeah. Like, so they, or they could make one of AOC being like, yes, I want a communist revolution in the United States. And then that video is out there. Mm hmm. And, you know, I will say that if they try to hire me for that voiceover job, I will decline. <laughs> <laughs> I will not take that job. <laughs> Good for you. Um, but you. this I is actually not even the first time this face app came under fire. Yes. In, in, 2000, in 2017, they released a series of ethnicity change filters called Black, Asian, Indian, or Caucasian. So... They've been in the news for oh. a while. This happened back in 2017. I remember hearing about this. I don't... Rem- that's... Basically, it, wow. was, it was the same filter app with your face, but then they made you into another like wow. race, depending upon stereotypes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it... I don't even want to go into what they probably did for it, but yeah, I'm sure it's very offensive. Yeah, so this like, this app is, is no bueno. If you have it on your phone, maybe delete it. I know. I'm going to... I haven't. I'm. You know what? I'm gonna delete it right now, live on the pod. Okay. While you do that, I'm gonna plug my Instagram. Oh my god. Brian with a Y. Russell two S's two L's. Smith. Smith spelled 
just like every other Smith. And it's a great account. Thank you. You guys can see Antonio who did not die. (laughs) Yes. You can see him post choking (laughs) featured on the account. Um, well now that we've plugged all of our stuff. Yeah. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. That really helps us get more listeners. Share it with your friends Mm -hmm. who want to be politically active, but don't want to spend the time watching, um, all the news. All the news. We'll watch it. We'll watch and it. Tell you what happened. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, until the end of democracy, guys, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Betches.